Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This podcast brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Today's episode, Futures Friday, last Futures Friday of the NBA regular season. We made it. We made it, Brandon Anderson. And by we, I mean me, because you ditched me for six months to go cover <laughs> football. But I made it. I'm almost there. We already had the playoffs. We are going to talk uh, big picture NBA futures today. How you doing? I'm good. The future is here. The future is now. We made it to the playoffs. The games that I actually care about, right? We made it here. <laughs> the games the players actually care about. So, yeah, well, that's you know, basically the same thing. <laughs> rest management season is over, we hope. Hopefully they won't rest at all. Uh that's Brandon Anderson. He's the NBA futures analyst. Today's show, we're going to talk about our three favorite futures right now in the NBA. The NBA regular season wraps on Sunday. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. So there's a we would love to get you into like more detail, but there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. Like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in the Western Conference. Don't have any idea about any of those. It's still very much in the air. Eastern Conference pretty much set. Uh, next week, we will have playoff previews. We will have play-in best bets. We will have game one best bets. We will have other things when I come up with them. So we're going to have pods for you all next week. Starting the week after, uh, we will be doing daily shows, recap or doing best bets for the next day's games. So on Mondays, you'll be able to get Tuesday's games with leans, bets, sides, totals, props, all that a day in advance that will give you a lot of time for you to chew over those, those bets and make them throughout the playoffs. We'll have p- playoffs. We're going to have podcasts for you six days a week. So get ready for lots of that throughout the entirety of the NBA playoffs. All right, Brandon, let's start here. We're going to do our, our top three favorite futures on the board. I would like you to go first. What is your favorite futures bet right now in the NBA on April 6th? Right now, on April 6th, the bet that I would make, first of everything, the bet that I told people on social media this week and in my article that I wrote is Eastern Conference to win the NBA Finals, minus 130 if you see it, minus 140. I still like it. That line is inflating. I got it back around even odds. It was like minus 120, 125 when I started writing the article. It's it's moving up. But I wrote this week about NBA parity. And you and I have talked a lot and we've talked a lot internally about what happens in these weird parody years. What happens? And we're talking about the West here. The East does not have parody. Let's not pretend. (laughs) Like we know who the top three teams are. We know who the top four teams are. We probably know who the top two are. And we know who the rest are after that. The East is not the parody. The parody is in the West and parody. What's it mean? Is parody. Well, we've got all these eh, teams stuck in the middle. Sure, that's one way of defining parity. Or is parity 
well, we just don't really have a great team at the top. We have a few pretty good teams at the top, but no one who really stands out like the East teams. That's also a parody. So I have articles on both of those things, and they both come to essentially the same conclusion. Number one, we know from NBA playoffs, seeding basically holds in the playoffs for the most part, right? Like we, we had the whole year. We know who the best teams are. We have seven game series. We love NBA playoffs because the best team wins, right? We love that over seven games, the best team usually wins out. And even in the parity years, the best teams tend to win out. The top seedings, even though they're lesser top seeds, tend to win out. But the main takeaway is that the conference with all the parity does not win the finals. The, the conference that has the really good teams, the one that we know is the good teams, the Celtics and the Bucks and the Sixers, they're the team you want in the finals. Uh, I identify, like for each of the articles, my top 10 parity teams in for the last 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, not teams, seasons, just looking back and saying, okay, who are the seasons that just didn't have the great teams? Not results-oriented, just saying, where's the parity? And now it happened. And almost every time, I think eight out of the 10 years, the better conference, the non-parity conference, won the title. So I like the East. I love the East here. The East is going to have home court in the finals, assuming it's one of these top three against anyone in the West. They all have a better record. I love the East. I don't think we're getting this price. We were to wait around. So give me the East conference. Give me all of them. Even though I really the only think it's, it's three, maybe two. Okay. Um, a particularly depressing look from you uh, in terms of nothing matters and, and <laughs> the best teams will always win. No, uh, I think it's hard to argue with your logic. I, here's what, here's like a good way of putting this. If the Nuggets make the finals, I'm going to bet the Nuggets. I like them in a matchup versus Boston. I like them in a matchup versus Milwaukee. I like them in a matchup versus the Sixers. Like, I like Denver's matchup across all three of those. Uh, Denver will have the best player in the Boston series. They will have, sorry, the best player in the Sixers series. Uh, and they'll have the second best player in the Bucks series, but the Bucks number of offensive weapons is honestly less than Denver's. So, like, I like that. But the problem is that Denver has to get there. And in order to do that, they have to get through a number of things that are going to be stacked against them, including Phoenix, including possibly the Lakers, potentially the Warriors. Like there's just too many, there's too many ways for the Nuggets to fall off. Plus, if you take this East number, the Nuggets are going to be dogs. Like they would be dogs. The only team that would be favored in the finals, if it's Sixers, Suns, the Suns will be favored. If it's Warriors, Sixers, the Warriors will be favored. If it's Warriors, Celtics, the Celtics will be favored. If it's Warriors, Bucks, the Bucks will be favored. So, like, you, if you bet this, you will have an opportunity to come back in on the other side with the dog. So, I have a hard time like arguing against that. I already have the Pacific Division to win the the uh, title at a plus two fifty number. So, like, I might add some Eastern Conference here. I, I will just say, like, I gotta see kind of what this looks like. I, one of the th don't one of the reasons I'm a little skeptical of this is. I do have a little bit of a hard time with the idea of how often has this just been like simple? Has it just been like, oh, this team was the best team all year and they won? I feel like we're not in that era. Like the Lakers won a title, a lot of titles that way. Like the early 2000s, yeah. that was entirely what it was. Like the Lakers were better than everyone and they won. Right? And the 80s also, also yeah. the Lakers. <laughs> um, and like, you could, you could honestly just say like, every year with the Lakers and the Spurs. Like, that's what it was, right? From, like, uh, 1999 to 2005, it was Lakers, Spurs, and then one Pistons year. So you could just bet the Western Conference in those spots. Uh, but then we have, like, a lot of weirdness in the mid-2000s, and we have uh, that run where we had the Celtics one year, the Lakers the next two. But I don't feel like the Lakers were definitively the best team in 2009 or 2010. Maybe 2009. It was close. 2010, I do not feel that they were the best team. And then you have uh, 11, nope, right? 12, 13, yes, Heat. Heat were the best team in the league. Heat won both of those years. 14, I've actually argued with people about this. I don't know if the Spurs were the best team that year. Um, they were the best team by the end. Of the, they played the best in the playoffs. But that, like, that has warped a lot of how we view that season. They won a ton of games. But like we really do kind of look back at how the Spurs played in the finals and go like, well, they were just clearly the best team. And I was like, they hit a Heat team that was out of gas and LeBron was on his way out of town. The Spurs almost lost to the Mavericks in round one. Uh, that went to seven games. And then we have like Warriors 15 is a good example of like best team. But then like the Hawks were kind of in that conversation and just wound up being the Warriors. Uh, 
16 is 16. 17, 18, best team, obviously. But since the, the Warriors last run ended, the KD Warriors run ended, it's been a little bit up in the air. Um, and so I don't know, like, if we're going to have this simplicity thing. Like, what's going to be the... I, I do feel like we're ripe for a plot twist in the Eastern Conference. I just don't know what it's going to be, right? That's the thing, <laughs> is, like, I don't know how much I want to bet East because I don't have a good sense of what the plot twist could be and maybe maybe you're right and there's not one maybe the plot twist is there is no plot twist and it just <laughs> is these teams are the best uh and they're right does that make sense it, it does i i think it, i'll just hint at this because it's going to play into my other best bets we'll get to i think for me the reason i still feel good about the east is that to me the east is two teams above the rest so to me that means that we need two plot twists we need a plot twist to upset both of the teams that I think are a clear level above everyone else. Yeah. I can see one plot twist. We often get one, we get a big injury or whatever, but it takes two to really upset my Apple car. Like, like, let's be honest here. I don't want the minus 140, minus 130 East if it's Philly in the finals. I've been very clear on that. I'm not going to love that I have that ticket at that. I'm not going to hate it. I think it's still going to be a pretty good value. The Sixers are really good, Yeah, but it's not a ticket I'd run to grab right now. I wouldn't love it if it's the Cavs. I think the Cavs are really good. I think the Cavs very possibly, and according to the advanced numbers, are better than everyone in the West. They're better than everyone in the West in all the net ratings and, and SRSs and all that stuff. I, I, there's a lot of doubt there, but the numbers say that they belong in the conversations. There might be four better teams in the East than the West. It takes a lot of plot twists to unravel all of that. I think you're right. It's not always the best team. I think my bet here is that I don't need a best team. I'm getting the best, maybe four, at least three, probably two teams here. And that's kind of the, like, I, I, this is actually the anti-Brandon bet, right? Like normally, uh, normally best bet, I'd come out swing with like, all right, plus 6,000. Here's my <laughs> first best bet, right? This is actually me saying, you know what? I don't really know what's happening. The one thing I feel most confident in of everything happening right now is I'm going to want the East team in the finals. So I'm starting with that. What's your first best bet? A finals matchup. <laughs> well, at least one of us stayed on brand. <laughs> uh, I'm taking a finals matchup with my with my best bet, and I am taking the Boston Celtics to beat the Phoenix Suns 16-1 to at FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, so when I've, as I, the playoffs have gone on, the season has gone on. And I had a period where I was like, I really think that, you know, the, the Denver's kind of got it and Denver's really fallen off. And I think that Denver honestly got too much account. They peaked too early. They accomplished too much too early. And the last month and a half for them has been disappointing to garbage. And I, there's a lot of reasons to discount the value of the games in March. I just do not feel like they're playing their best basketball they have an opportunity to ramp up, but they don't get that in the West because they're going to face one of Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. Maybe they get Pelicans or Wolves. Maybe, maybe. And even then, Wolves is probably a pretty tough matchup. If the Pels get Zion back, that one could be dangerous as well. Denver doesn't have the luxury of the Bucks. If the Nuggets had the luxury of the Bucks and they were facing the Bulls or the Raptors or the Hawks, then it would be a lot easier to buy into Denver, but you can't do that. Meanwhile, um, Lakers could wind up in the four five Lakers could wind up in the, out of the play in Lakers could wind up in the two seven versus a Memphis team that I think will probably take it to them. Um, there's all these kind of scenarios, the warriors I've written, I wrote an entire thing on action network. You can check it out in the app talking about how they are that scene from princess bride. I cannot drink the wine in front of you. I cannot drink the wine in front of me. I cannot bet against the warriors. I cannot bet the warriors. Here's what I got with the Phoenix suns, the Phoenix suns to start December were the best team in the Western conference. Everyone forgets this that through the first six weeks of the season, the Suns were still the best team in the West. They lost the two games to the Pelicans, and in that two-game set, Devin Booker got hurt. That's when the injuries started. Like, they probably lose those two games versus the Pelicans, come back, stabilize, bounce back, finish through. They're probably the one seed right now, especially with the Durant trade. But instead, Chris Paul gets hurt, Devin Booker gets hurt, and then everyone got hurt. Landry Shamit, Damian Lee, Aiton, Everyone got hurt and they didn't have Jay Crowder this entire year. That's a roster spot. They just didn't fill. That's a starter spot. They just didn't have since they traded for Kevin Durant. They're undefeated now have not faced a murderer's row. The defense has a lot of question marks. The depth is going to be an issue. Phoenix is beatable, but if we're just going to simplify this down, Phoenix is the best team. Phoenix is the best team relative to price. 
even with them being the favorite in the Western Conference. They are the best team, and that's why the market knows that, and it reflects that. Like Denver, even with home court, is not the top seed in terms of the of the the odds to win the West. On the other side, you mentioned it. Boston's got all the Vorps and Schmorps. They're the best team by SRS. Uh, more particularly, they are top five in both schedule-adjusted offense and defense. They are the only team in the NBA like that. Boston's resume is impeccable. It's impeccable. Like, you just can't get there. I look this up today. When they shoot 40% or better from three-point range, they are 30-1. and one. If they <laughs> hit threes, that's it. You have no shot. You can't beat them. They've shown they can match up with Milwaukee. Even after last year, like last year, I think the Bucs should have won that series if they had Chris Middleton. The Celtics team is better. They're better offensively. Brogdon gives them another dimension. They're better. They just are. And so given their advantages over, over Philadelphia historically, and the fact that I have a longstanding history of, of seeing the Bucs miss shots, I'm taking the Celtics to beat the Suns in the series. I get 16 to one. That's my best bet. Okay. Um, in your son's case, you call them the best team. I just want to make sure I have the right context. Is that the best team in the West or is that the best team in the league? Best team in the West. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about just like the, the matchup. You didn't really go like, okay, Celtic Suns. You can, I believe, right. You can bet just the matchup rather than the outcome. You're betting the outcome. You've got Celtics over Suns. Is that right? So if, if we get there, if we, if we're in the finals, so we have to assume that we're relatively healthy You know, I'm skeptical about the sun's three, three guys made out of glass getting there, but we're there. So we're, we're assuming they're healthy. The sun's have, I'll say the best player on the court. You're allowed to push back on that. If you like uh, Tatum, obviously the last time he faced Durant in the playoffs, Tatum dominated. Tatum was the better player in the series pretty clearly there but it's Kevin Durant. Uh, the best player usually wins in the finals. Uh, the Celtics are the deeper team and the better defensive team. But why do you feel, why why all in on the Celtics over the Suns rather than just playing the matchup and getting to pick your side there once we get closer? Uh, one, let's go back to the Nets series last year and how the Celtics were able to defend Kevin Durant. And you say, well, that was Durant with the Nets. Sure. But this is the thing with Kevin Durant is he's plug and play. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant no matter where he is. He was Kevin Durant with the Thunder. He was Kevin Durant with the Warriors. He was Kevin Durant with the Nets. He's Kevin Durant with the Suns. There is an ecosystem, and then there's Kevin Durant as like a side planet tacked on the side. And Durant doesn't really integrate into these offenses. He just is his own guy. Now, they run stuff for him. They've run a, And Phoenix are running a lot of off-screen stuff for him, which is good. You get Kevin Durant, 7-foot, 50-40-90 shooter coming off of screens. One of the best shooters in NBA history pretty good right but it's not necessarily like there's like a he's not the engine that's really more booker and chris paul he's not really um it's not it's not heliocentric it's just like but it is isolation heavy and the celtics are better built to defend him than almost anybody else they have so many weapons they can throw at him and they can switch all and whenever durant faces switch all defenses he falls into the trap of isolation mid-range contested jumpers and like He's awesome at them. He's elite at them. He's one of the best in NBA history at them. Maybe the best outside of Jordan, but it's a way to slow him down. The Suns don't take enough threes. The Celtics will bury them with the math game. Like they will just outpace them with threes. The Suns do not take enough threes. And it's a reason to, to again, this team is beatable. They're very beatable. Um, do I trust Aiden versus Robert Williams? I do not. I do not in that case. Uh, the Celtics have more versatility. The Celtics can run small ball lineups with Al Horford at five and go five out. The Suns lost that ability when they traded Dario Saric. They have to play a center now. That's how they're built is to play centers all the time. I I hate that for them. I do not like their their lack of versatility because if they play Durant at five, they're not going to post up Horford, but the Celtics will just put Robert Williams in and they'll kill them on the glass. There's just too many ways that I see the Celtics having edges. Plus, the difference here is a plus uh, 750 for the matchup versus 1600 either way for the outcome. Plus, uh, I will say that if the Suns make the finals, uh, I think it would be very interesting to see what the books would have the number at. 
I think the Celtics would be favored, but I want to have my money in on the favorite who I think should be favored there, which is the Celtics. I want to have them at a plus number so I can get the Suns as a dog on the other side to hedge at 16 to one. Yeah, that makes sense. And especially if the, the, the number is basically calling it a nearer coin flip, if you're getting 16 to one versus seven and a half to one. Yeah. So if you feel like Boston is is even a slight favorite there, then I think that you're right to to play that one. It, we always, we as batters, we can pigeonhole ourselves into like, okay, well, what's the best number? I have to do that now. Like you, you, there are other options. You can yeah. play the, I'll get the matchup here, but I can come back on the other one later. As long as you're honest with yourself, as long as you actually come back on the other side. We also, as betting community, tend to get that ticket and be like, but the value, I can't give up the value now. No, the, if the whole plan was get the high value and then add to your ticket later, but I can't buy the second half of my ticket now, you got to stick to the plan. So I think that's important. Yeah, I'm going to go into my second best bet here because I, I, I quizzed you on the Celtics, but I, I like the Celtics too. Spoiler alert. So my second best bet is going to be a little more, uh, you, went, you went full on brand on your first. I'm going to go way on brand here for my second one. So that means it's complicated. So let me explain. <laughs> so we started with best bet number one, give me the Eastern Conference. Best bet number two is effectively going to be an escalator version of that. Okay. So I'm starting with the Eastern Conference and best bet number two is actually three bets in two parts. <laughs> okay. So give me the Eastern Conference. I get them all. I made the case for that. But I think it's pretty clear as you heard me talk about that there are two teams that I really want in the Eastern Conference. So right now, if I shop around, I can get the Bucks to win the title plus 290. I don't really super love that number, but it's the best number out there. And I can get the Celtics plus 360. That's that FanDuel, our sponsor. I can play both of those. I can do the thing where I split my bet, take my unit, just cut in half or however you want. If you want to shift it a little bit, if you like one team better, plus 290 bucks, plus 360 Celtics. Effectively, that gives me an implied 47%. I am getting Fox Celtics versus the field. That's the bet. I get both of them. I'm playing both odds. I'm getting them versus the field. That's I, I like that. That's that's the version of the East that I want. That's my best version. That's the one I want in the finals. I could take a Sixers or Cavs bet, but I'm not going to like it as much. Heaven help me if it's like the Nets or my Chicago Bulls somehow made it there. I'm not going to love it. So Eastern Conference, if you got a minus 140 right now, which is what that is at most books, you're 58%. Box Celtics, 47%. So what have I done? I've sacrificed 11% of my implied odds by basically cutting off the extra teams. I'm trimming the fat. And yes, the fat here is notably the Sixers. I just can't put them on the same level with, with Boston and with Milwaukee. So uh, I mentioned this to you as we were kind of doing our pre-talk here, getting ready. I'm in my like deep in my getting ready for playoffs mode. So I want to just talk briefly about these top three East teams. Um, and, you know, we're, we'll get there a lot. But with the Sixers, I'm I'm a little concerned about the profile. Their three-point shooting percentages, both offense and defense, have been tremendous. But we know that that's typically, historically, is not a stat that holds up super well. The defense feels more good than great, certainly compared to Milwaukee and Boston. I trust those defenses way better in the playoffs. And I don't know totally what I make of James Harden. The three-point percentage is up. The twos are down. The free throws are down. That team is super reliant on free throws. We know historically that can be trouble in the playoffs. What if you don't get the whistle? What if you don't get those calls? You're on the road. You're in Boston. You're in Milwaukee. What happens? And Part of my brain wants to be like, well, we don't have old James Harden in here. And I know you might say, oh, that's good. James Harden sucks in the playoffs. No, he really doesn't. Look at the numbers. He was terrible last year. Embiid was worse last year. Philly was not good last year. But Harden was really good, really good in the playoffs for like six years before that. That version of Harden, I don't think we're getting it. Is this new version more sustainable? Maybe we can just get the pretty good James Harden to stay pretty good James Harden in the playoffs. That's the optimist. I don't know that I really believe it. So now I have to bank on Harden. I have to bank on Embiid. And uh, as our friend Raheem Palmer would remind me, got to bank on Glenn, good old Doc. And I just, I don't trust it. So to me, these top two teams, the Celtics and Bucks, 
they in many ways are kind of the Spider-Man meme because what starts with the profile that I love is the defense. The defense is elite. We won't go into the numbers, but it, that's that's it. That's the case. The defense is incredible. I like the Celtics better because the offense looks more reliable to me. The offense for Milwaukee, there are some concerns there. There are some concerns. They've won 58 right now as of Thursday. Their expected wins are 50. They're eight wins over expectation. I think we're a little over-inflating Milwaukee. I like Boston a little better. So here's the final part of my bet to wrap up here. So here's my escalator. Start with the East, minus 140. I got Bucks Celtics, both of them. But if I'm only playing one, if you don't want both parts, my final part is I'm actually not going to split my bet equally. I think the Celtics to win the title, plus 360. That's my best, best bet of that group. That's my final escalator. I'm going to add a little extra to that position. That's 22%. My numbers put them around 27%. It's a sizable margin right now. They're my favorite. I'm going to love them against Philly. I'm going to like them better than Milwaukee, as far as I know right now. And I'm going to like them in any finals matchup. So give me all three. And it's a way to kind of give myself some cushion, but push toward the Celtics, the team that I think is the best in the league right now. This is a very strong position from you, which I can appreciate. Like the kind of the idea is, um, and this is just a season filled with uncertainty, right? There's a temptation to take these shots all over the board. And I like the fact that you've, you've simplified your approach to like, let's just ignore the West because it's a mess. But the reason <laughs> it's a mess is because we don't have anybody that's strong. So let's focus on who's strongest and let's just take the strongest of the strong. Let's just basically yep. take Darwinism and go that route. I like, the, I like the approach there. You're underrating Philly. <laughs> and you know that this pains me to tell you. Uh, as not being a Philly guy, um, some a number in your favor is this. So I looked at top 10 performance versus teams who are top 10 in point differential. So we take the teams that are essentially the strongest, how have those teams performed? Some of this is going to be messy. Like the Sixers played the Nuggets, who are one of those teams, and they sat Embiid. Because, I'm sorry, he had a calf injury. Um the Sixers have a minus 0.3 net rating versus those top 10 teams. That's compared to Boston, who's plus 5.7, and Milwaukee, who's plus 1.0. They're 15 and 12 in those games, but their expected mark is 13 and 14. So Philadelphia is definitively the worst of those three teams. Like They are, without a doubt, the worst of those three teams versus the top teams in the league. When we get into SRS, I do think it's kind of interesting to look at this, to, to just to be able to say the Celtics are plus 6.22. We talked about this, warps and schmorps. Cavs are second at, at 5.31. <laughs> if Cavs, I swear to God, if Cavs were not in this side of the bracket, I would be pounding Cavs futures. I was <laughs> really hoping Boston would get the one seed, and I would be like, I would be drawing up ways to get the, to bet Cavs. Can't do it versus the, versus the Bucs. I hate that matchup for Cleveland. Maybe they surprise, but it's going to be rough. Um, Philadelphia is third though at 4.47 and then the bucks, right? So like the Sixers have a better SRS than any team in the Western conference. They have the third best. I know they got to go through those, but there's only the only team that's better than them is Boston who is, you know, a point and a half better than them in SRS. Um, you've got that stretch early season where Maxine Harden didn't play. You get the fact that Harden didn't play for a long stretch there. He's been nursing some injuries and yeah, like that's a concern, Boston's pretty healthy, but one of the things that's up with Boston is I just don't, again, this is why like Boston is a good bet. If Giannis sprains an ankle, well, right. <laughs> Can they beat Boston without Giannis? Yeah. No. Can they beat the Sixers without Giannis? Probably not. Can the Celtics beat the Sixers without Tatum? Yes. They could still win that matchup. That's how good Jalen Brown is and how good their defense is and how well they shoot the three. Um, Can they beat the Bucks without Tatum? Gets tougher maybe right like they're still alive because of their depth versatility and replaceability like they just have so many options but i will just say like look if we get the second round this is this is put up or shut up time and it's fine to bet against Embiid, but like this is it this is put up or shut up time for Embiid. he gets to prove all of us wrong he gets to shut you and me and everyone else up about him if he goes into that boston series and he's the best player on the floor and they can't do anything with him and he just carries that offense, they can win that series. He has gotten better versus Al Horford. Like somebody had pointed out those numbers, I started looking at him, and then he dropped 52 the other night. He's gotten better. He's figured out that matchup. He's better now. I still worry about the double teams. I'm always going to worry about the double teams. 
But like, I don't mind this position. It's good to be like, bet your opinion. And your opinion is the Sixers cannot do this, like Harden and all the other reasons. Um, I think the gap is probably a little bit closer. And we do this when we when we do bets all the time, where if we have a bet we like, we then start like not exaggerating, but framing the supporting evidence in a way that supports that bet rather than using supporting evidence to, to lead to a bet. And that I think is, is like where I'm not willing to go that far. Uh, I trust the Celtics at a longer number here, but I'm not willing to go to as far as you are. Um, It's, there's a lot of evidence here. A lot of your thing is based off of prior evidence with the the Sixers. And I'm not going to refute that. Like there are, we, we faded the jazz every year because we knew who they were in the playoffs. (laughs) So I, it's hard for me to to go against it. I I think your logic is sound from taking that approach. I don't want to, but I think it's a good bet in general from especially with the way that you approach these things. Yeah, and just to to I, I'm going to join your side in making the case against me a little bit because I think you made some really good points. Uh, looking at the Sixers profile, Tobias and Maxi, like that that part of the whole thing this year was man, the Sixers is not just those top two. They've got that third and maybe fourth star any given night they could step up. So far, by like all the the metrics and everything, it hasn't been the case. So far, it's a two-man team. It's the Celtics, actually, that have like four, five, six guys who can be the star any given night. Horford can do it. Timler can do it. Brogdon off the bench or Derek White. Their profile is the one that says, hey, we have seven dudes that can beat you any given night. Philadelphia's does not say that. Last year, and really in most of his playoffs, Tobias Harris's numbers are really good, especially defensively when he can just focus on that and bring it every night, the defensive numbers are really strong in the playoffs. Maxi, we know I love Maxi. He can step up there. It, the profile is very good. And I'll also add, I agree, the SRS and the Vorps and Schwarps, all very good. And don't forget, if, if we're playing the case against me here, so far this season, James Harden played 57 games, Maxi 60 games, and beat 65 games. That means... The profile is underrating the Sixers. They're even better than the SRS because we have to assume we're going to get these guys for the two-month stretch. And if Harden and Bede and Maxi are all out there, then they're even better than the net ratings and the D ratings and all that sort of thing. So I think that's the case. And really, I think a different version of Brandon, alternate timeline Brandon, probably is coming out swinging and saying Philadelphia is my best bet to win a title because... Here's the East. Here's three really good teams. And why is the third one priced quite so long here? Aren't they almost as good as the other top two? Shouldn't they be the team? I think that, look, if you're hearing that, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to turn myself into it because I just can't get there with Philly. And I think the injury thing, the injury threat with Harden and Embiid is very real. And I can't get past that until we see it. But if you're hearing that version of us talking about it, I think that's a perfectly viable bet. So just a couple other things to add here. I did look and say, okay, well, what about sh- should my two-way bet be a three-way bet? The best number on Philly right now is 10 to 1 plus 1,000. If I add in Philly with Boston, with Milwaukee, I'm up to implied 56%. Just the East is 58%. Not worth it. Don't do the three-way. That little tiny 2% margin I gained to lose Cleveland and all other options, just that tiny, tiny percent is not worth the battle. So either you got to choose look, maybe you don't like Milwaukee. Maybe you don't believe in their offense. Okay, Boston and Philly then. Take that position. Like You can can kind of pick your battle here, choose your own adventure. One thing that stood out to me too, not Philly, when I was doing kind of the Milwaukee profile, and you know I love my four factors, I'm kind of just looking at what's the big picture here. To me, the secret sauce on Milwaukee, other than just we have Giannis, you don't. That's a pretty good secret sauce. It's not very secret. Secret sauce is their defense forces opponents to shoot the most twos per game at the worst two point percentage per game. That is a deadly formula. They don't let, they only take threes. They have you shooting inside all game long, shooting a billion two pointers, but they are better than anyone at not letting you score them. Therefore, who is a dangerous opponent to Milwaukee? It's a team that bombs threes, that bombs away and says, don't really care how well you protect the paint and the rim. We're not going there anyway. We're just going to shoot right over top of you and hit all of our threes. That team is the Boston Celtics. Yeah. That the, the profile of the dangerous opponent that shoots a ton of threes is the Celtics. Now, maybe they missed them all. We sure have seen that with Boston before, but 
Uh, I was surprised. I did not expect kind of going into my my playoff preparations. Uh, I would have thought I was Milwaukee, but I, I'm leaning more and more to Boston. So that's kind of, like you said, that's me zeroing in on. I like these three teams. I like these two better. I like this one best. If it's the Warriors versus the Celtics, we're not betting Celtics. Can we agree on this? Can we agree that we're not betting we're not betting Celtics if it's Warriors Celtics in the finals? Can we? Can you, we you don't want me to talk this? you into the Celtics again on that no, one? You don't want no, that? No, we're taking. If it's the Warriors, we're taking Steph. Steph better, man. We're just doing that. We're gonna keep it simple this time. So, so let me. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't take the Warriors seriously enough yet until like. Yeah, it, look, it's the Warriors. It, that, the Princess Bride, all, all the you above. You can't it's, take them seriously, but you. If they're there, you're but I can't rule them out seriously either. Look, it's the same thing. I, I'm 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 frustrated with myself. I'm I've been looking over my futures portfolio, all the stuff we did before the season. I was totally out on the Golden State. I was totally out. I did not like their defense. I didn't trust them. I didn't trust the depth. All the stuff that I thought turned out to be right, but I bet none of it. So I get credit for none of it because I was terrified because the Warriors burned me last year. So I'm not this. It's a non-victory lap because I was too much afraid to to not do it. That's kind of where I'm at on the West. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Let me ask you this, though, on the stuff better thing. I put this on Twitter this morning, so I don't know if you saw, but I'm, I'm back in the Celtics as my title favorite here. We know that I have not been as high on Jason Tatum as the market, let's say. I, I've said on this podcast, don't put on him to an MVP. He's not in that top, top, top caliber of players. He's not Embiid or Giannis or Jokic. If the Boston Celtics win the championship this year, this is not disrespect. Jason Tatum would be awesome. Jason Tatum is awesome. Who is the last best player on a title team that Jason Tatum is better than? Jason Tatum would be the worst best player on a title team since who? And I know you hear worst and you're like, ah, oh, the Tatum slander. So not slander. If you are the best player on a title team, you're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so no slander. I've got some names for you, but th this to me is my one concern. Teams win championships, but superstars win them in the NBA. I haven't put Tatum in that group yet. Who do you think the answer is here? Steph better, Giannis better, LeBron better, Hawaii better, KD better, KD better, LeBron better, <laughs> Steph better. He was, yeah, I'll say it. he was better than anybody on the Spurs in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the answer. And again, we're taking the version that year, not the all time Tim Duncan profile, not right. the all time Kawhi or what he right. became that season. I think it's comparable. I think it's probably Kawhi that year. And I think Tatum was pretty close. I think 2010 Lakers, that version of Kobe, again, not all time Kobe, just that older version of him. I think that's another one. Uh, on Twitter, we had people suggesting as far back as the 04 Pistons. Tatum's yeah. better than anyone on that team, but yeah. it's possible we might have to go back two decades yep. to find a team. Like you look at just the BPMs, EPMs, and all of that. That's how far back you may have to go to find a team where the team won the title with a really, really, really good star. That's not a mega elite superstar. That worries me a little bit because you know how much I rely on the historical stuff here. Interesting. Uh, okay. My second best bet. Uh, I'm going to go to the Western Conference. Here's the, here's the odds for the top six, and we're just going to go ahead and I'm going to read these, and then we're going to reach the answer. Um, the Suns are plus 200 to win the West. The Nuggets are plus 330. That's still pretty short. The Warriors are plus 350. That's pretty predictable. Uh, the Grizzlies are plus 600. That's understandable. The Los Angeles Lakers are plus 1,200. The currently eighth Los Angeles Lakers are plus 1,200. The Los Angeles Clippers, who are currently fifth, are plus 1,600. The fuck are we doing here? Uh, so yeah, it's Clippers plus 1600 is my second best bet uh, for futures. I'm weighing whether or not that we were talking, we're just doing this right now. I've got a lot of different futures. I bet Clippers in preseason at a long number, but not as long as this. So I may have to bet this because this is an interesting spot here, Brandon. If we go back all the way to what I thought after the finals last year, and then what we thought in preseason, and we go through all this and we're here. How much am I going to be influenced by what's gone on in the last six months of basketball to change my opinion on what the value is? Because I made three bets last year after the finals. I bet the Clippers. I bet the Suns. I bet the Sixers. All of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. All of those teams are going to be top six. 
Now, surprisingly, su- surprisingly, the, the Sixers are the only one that's top three. But 1,600 here for this Clippers team, I get it with the Paul George thing. Paul will be back at some point in the playoffs. This is built on the idea that the Clippers are likely to wind up in the five. And if the Clippers wind up in the five, then Paul George, if he doesn't come back to the second round, won't have time to get back because they'll have to get past Phoenix. There's a We're recording this on Thursday night. There is a decent chance, decent, if the Warriors can win one king road game versus the Kings, there's a good chance the Clippers will be able to decide their fate on Sunday. That if the Warriors win that other game, if the Warriors win out, the Clippers can lose intentionally on Sunday and potentially slide into the sixth spot with tiebreaker assuring them no worse than six. And if that happens, now you got Kings and then Grizzlies and you got to pass to the conference finals. They played great since Russell Westbrook showed up, which I know is driving people nuts. The depth that we talked about that we love for this team in preseason that we were like, well, I guess that was nothing. It's showing up now. They're getting great contributions from Nick Batum. They're getting great contributions from Terrence Mann. They're getting great contributions from Bones Highland, who they picked up at the trade deadline. Uh, They still have Kawhi Leonard, who's still one of the deadliest players in the league. Even if I think Kawhi is overstated as a playoff performer, and he is, that doesn't change the fact that the Clippers are still immensely talented, super versatile, have a lot of options, and can bomb from three. Them being lower than the Lakers, it's not even about the Lakers, but 16 to 1 here on a Los Angeles Clippers team, too long. That's my second favorite future on the board. That's interesting because I don't think I can get there with you on this one, but I have not really super considered the Clippers. So I'm I'm trying to let your argument, you know, flow over me here. I'm just not convinced that the Clippers are are not, as the kids say, mid. The Clippers' entire profile is as mid as mid gets, right? That's that's the thing we're doing now. It's it's just not great. I haven't gotten there yet. I've been focusing on the East right now overall, but I just, I feel like we've, we're doing the same thing here with the Clippers that we've done this whole version of the Clippers. The thing that we did with the old versions of the Nets where we theoreticize, what could the Clippers be? What if it all works out? What if PG gets healthy and what if Kawhi stays healthy and what if Kawhi plays every night and doesn't load manage a game or two in the playoffs? What if the bench is all there? It all, like, it's the Clippers on a paper. It's yeah. the Clippers versus on Nets on paper finals that we've been waiting all these years for that, spoiler alert, didn't happen. And I just, I think I'm over it. Like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't ever get there. I, I don't remember which team it was that burned me on. I mean, heck, the Clippers did. I was looking back on my <laughs> futures profile. The last team that I talked myself into, the very last thing, our whole thing in the preseason was Suns, Warriors, Clippers. You got to pick one. You talked me into picking one and I picked the wrong one. I picked the Clippers. I don't want them then. I don't want them now. I got Clippers title odds. Actually, I don't think I do because I tied it to the Norm Powell thing and then he fell just short of our 17 points a game thing. So that ticket's gone. I don't feel like I lost a whole lot. And I, I just, I don't know that I need this ticket. I don't think I'm going to like the Clippers in even in the spot where you get them as a six seed, six, seven. So now they made the conference finals. Presumably the whole point was that you didn't really want them against the Suns or the Nuggets. So now I have them as a team I don't really love against the Suns and Nuggets. Now I have them in the finals in a spot that don't really love them. So let me ask this question because I just, I need to see more. I need, I need to do more work on the Clippers. The reason we loved them theoretically, the on paper version is because they had this different way of playing. They have all these wings and they have all this versatility. And we've seen when that goes well, how well it can go against the jazzes of the world. Who are the teams of the top, top contenders? If you're the Clippers, like, look, we know you want the Grizzlies Kings path, of course. And part of why I don't like the bet here is because we don't know they're getting that path. So I think I'd at least want to wait for that. Who are the teams that you're like, okay, These are the top contenders that, oh man, if the Clippers get into this path, even though it's this team, that matchup, all those wings, that's where they can really slice and dice. So here's kind of like a a good way to simplify the argument. If they wind up in the sixth spot or seven, so they're on the other side of the bracket, I think it's easy to make an argument that the Clippers are just like a better team in playoff terms than Kings and Grizzlies. 
Grizzlies sure. half court offense is better, but still really far behind. They rely on on forcing turnovers. Uh, they will have a hard time keeping up with the math problem. Kings defense, obviously the question mark, though the Kings do have the eighth best road defense in the NBA, notably. Um, but like Kings being in that spot, a second round series versus Kawhi, can Mike Brown out coach Ty Lue? Uh, can Sabonis be or Fox be the best player in a series with PG and Kawhi, right? So now we're in conference finals. Okay. This is the this to me is the key is that there is maybe no better team that I want versus the Suns and the Clippers. Okay. That's the team that I want. So if you're like me, and I just detect the, the Suns or the Celtics beating the Suns in the finals as your number one, clearly indicating that I think the Suns are the best team in the West. If I go with the team that I think is most likely to beat Phoenix, mm-hmm. that's where the value lies. The other thing here is okay. Say they don't line on the other side of the bracket. Let's say they get the five, okay? They upset the Suns, and everyone's like, oh, my God, Kevin Durant went out in the first round again. Holy shit, right? Chris Paul gets hurt, whatever. The Nuggets are a bad matchup for them. Like, that's a bad matchup for them. But is it on the board right now that the Denver Nuggets could face the Golden State Warriors or the Los Angeles Lakers? Yes. The market's going to bet both those teams. I don't know how they're going to put the, I don't know what they're going to put these series prices at for the Nuggets. If it's Warriors or Lakers, you have to start short. And by the time that it, we get to the game one, like how low is this going to get? Everyone's going to bet Golden State. Everyone's going to bet Lakers. No one's going to bet the Nuggets. Like the sharpest of the sharps will bet Denver being like, they're better. Come on. But like enthusiastically, I don't know. And definitely not versus the public who's going to hammer both those teams, right? And for good reason. If the Nuggets flop and fail, and that'll be the end of Michael Malone, by the way, in Denver, if that happens, now you got Clippers versus Warriors or Lakers, and I like Clippers in both those matchups too. Hmm. Like, so this to me works out where if we're doing the chess game, it's really more checkers. If we're doing the checkers game, the Clippers have a path for them to get to King me the easiest relative to matchups of anybody in the West. Okay. Yeah. I buy that argument. Just a couple of responses. I, I will say when it looked like, and it still might happen that the Clippers were going to maybe get into that five seed and go Clippers against Suns. I will say the light bulb turned on over my head where I was like, you know, Kawhi Leonard against Kevin Durant. Nobody stopped Kevin Durant. But Kawhi Leonard has really done well against Kevin Durant, pretty much always in the finals or in the in the playoffs. Always Kawhi, I would say as much as anyone, one player. Kawhi is the guy. If you have to have somebody have to defend and get in Durant's head and get in his way, Kawhi is the option that you'd want. So that that alone has to be interesting. On the flip side of that, I think you're doing a little bit the thing that we talked about earlier about seeing the angle that we want and ignoring the parts that we don't. Right. You talked about in the in the you know Grizzlies Kings. Yes, sure. I agree that that's a pretty that's the softer half of the bracket. We know that. I can see the case for the Clippers being better, but the Clippers are on the road. Both of those series that matters. Memphis and Sacramento are going to have big home court crowds. That, that that matters. That's part of it. You fight for home court. That's one thing. Number two, Paul George. Do we have Paul George? Do we have him for one series or two or part of him for the, the second one? And number three, we talked about who do the Warriors have to, or sorry, who do the Nuggets have to play? Who's the eight seed? Well, who's the seven seed? The Warriors might be the seven seed. The Lakers might be the seven seed. That's another team that the Clippers have to theoretically get past. It's not just the Grizzlies and Kings there. If those teams are so soft that it's the path you want, well, now they have to get past the Warriors, who I know you like the matchup. Or the Lakers, who, you know, haven't been the Clippers since like 1900s at some yep. point. So, sure, maybe that undermines my argument there. But I think that that's part of it to consider. My question on Clippers is this. I think you're going to love, well, you would certainly want, if you bet this today, right now, Thursday, as we're recording this, you want six seed Clippers, clearly, right? That's the path you want? It depends on what the eight seed is. Okay. So, my question is, if you like the argument, you're listening, you like this. Should you bet it now or should you wait for Sunday? Because I think you wait for Sunday. If they end up as the five seed, I think your ticket is a longer number because now you are locked in to Suns, who the public will like, and Nuggets, and possibly Warriors-Lakers. So you're going to get a better number here. And if they slip, 
and fall down to the seventh seed, you're going to get a longer number because now you have to win at least one elimination playing game just to get into the tournament. Yeah. Now you're going to get a longer number. Right. I think you, if you, if you like this, I think you have to wait for the better number. You're right. You're absolutely right. But I will tell you on Sunday, depending on, on how <laughs> these break, I'll be in on the Clippers. Uh, what's your third and final best bet for a future? Yeah, my third one, I'm just going to say, this is my softest one here. You, you very astutely pointed out that my whole best bet position, my first two was, I see what I know. It's the East. I don't know about the West, but I need something from the West. So I'm just going to tiptoe in here. This is, we'll, we'll call this like a half unit sort of play. And I don't even know if I'm betting this at all. This is going to take the Nuggets in the West. That's it. Very boring picks for me. I'm picking the teams that are the best. I, don't, I picked I, the Celtics and the Bucks and the Nuggets. Where, where has my Brandon Anderson plus 6,500 gone? Where is the come Utah back. Jazz betting Brandon Anderson? My number four on my list, we were only doing three, so this doesn't count. But number four was Kings 25 to one to win the West. Oh, so let's, Nuggets let's, to win the West. Let's yeah. go there. Let's go there because that's going to be mine. Um, we'll, well, we'll, we'll, we'll let, let, let me just say a couple of things about Nuggets. Then we'll go to Kings. So the main thing I'll point out, number one, back to the, the studies I've done on parity thing. My main takeaway has been at the end of the day, even in the years where the top seeds are, are questionable or don't really hold up to the top, top seeds in other years or to the East top seeds, usually we still get the one seed most often comes through in the end. That's Denver. I like Denver to have the best player in the court in any series in the West, period. That's how I feel about it. And I think Jokic is going to have something to prove in the playoffs. And I think he's going to because he has every other time we've seen him in the playoffs. Check the numbers. I think the Nuggets will be very good. We've seen their ceiling January, February has been an elite title team. All that said, my main point is this. Whoever you're betting to win the to come out of the West right now, you heard very clearly from me in my first two bets. All those Eastern odds I gave you, those are title odds. Whoever I want from the East, I'm taking title odds because I think the East wins the title. If I'm betting anyone on the West, Nuggets, Kings, whoever, I'm taking West odds because I don't want them in the finals. I want them just to win the West, and then I'm not going to want them in the finals. So Nuggets plus 330, implied 23%. I think it's a little short. This is the profile of, of Denver. Really good team, but they're overpriced. And the reason they're overpriced is because the West is mid. I, I looked this up. Four teams have won the NBA title with 54 or fewer wins in the three-point era. Since 1980, four teams have won with 54 or fewer wins. If the Nuggets go two and one, which they may not now because they clinched the one seed, so they may literally lose out. They may lose to Phoenix, Utah, and the Kings because they're just going to rest everybody and their bench is garbage. Um, but if they were to win, go two and one and, and win 54 games, two of the four had previously won a title. The 2022 Warriors... And the 1995 Rockets, who had won the season before. The Denver Nuggets have not done that. This is not this team acts like it can flip a switch and it can't. Uh SRS. Okay. But like again, do you care about the regular season is a big thing in, in all these things? And I, I admit that it's harder this year than ever to judge these things. But if the strength is the difference with it is like with a lot of these teams, we're basically saying, no, you can throw out the regular season performance because it's not indicative of who they are. Denver's strongest case is that. Well, they're the one seed in the West and they're the bet. Like th their regular season is proof of how good they are. Denver has the seventh best SRS. It's one, two, three, four, five West teams and the Grizzlies above them. Um, my numbers, my power rating for them for the entire season adjusted for various things. I give you adjust for Kevin Durant. They project as a 48 win team versus the 53 win team that they're going to be. You want to carry that through to something that's not my numbers. You can do that and you can go to clean the glass, which by the way, says that the bucks are way, way overrated. Uh, Cause the bucks have the <laughs> biggest win differential between expected and actual. We talked about this before that like the bucks don't win comfortably. They win close. The nuggets just don't win all that impressively. It's not about closer distant. They just don't win that impressively. Denver has the second biggest differential in point in, in point differential. And again, I said I was on Boston, not Milwaukee. So it's the same kind of, of, of thing here where Denver expected wins per 82. Uh, they grade out as a 50-win team versus like the 53-win team that they're going to be. That's over at Clean the Glass. They're just – and if you want to get past this and get into that stretch that they were great in, in December and January, they were home for all of that. And other teams were in Denver in a season where the home road splits have been wild across the league. Like this is evidence that Denver's overstated because they were great at home because other teams were worse on the road. 
and their floor is so low. When the Nuggets do not play good defense, they are wretched. When they play good defense, they're elite. I just don't trust them at this point. They have not given me enough to trust them. You know who has given me enough to trust them at 2,400? <laughs> is the Sacramento Kings. Look, on them in preseason, bet the win total over. Got them to win the division after the Kevin Durant trade because of the lead that they had. Lucked out with the Durant injury there. This is the number that's been rattling around my brain. And I mentioned it earlier, and I got to come back to it. Every team in the Western Conference sucks on the road except the Kings. The Kings are the only team that can win on the road. Not only that, the Kings go from the 29th ranked defense at home to the 8th best on the road, Brandon. Like, it's possible none of that carries over in the, in the, in the postseason. I am very open to that. At 24-1, to 1, in the event that they don't have to go through Denver, Phoenix, or one of the Warriors, Lakers. Like, they won't have to go through Warriors, Lakers, Clippers. Like, they definitely won't. They'll only have to go through one, maybe, of Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, along with Memphis, to make a conference finals. And then we're at the doorstep. 2,400 to win the Western Conference. Sacramento Kings, give it to me. Okay, so first question for you here, because I have a clear answer for this. Again, this was a bet that I was considering here. The Kings are in the conference finals. Okay, we're there. We made it there. Are you riding out your 24 to one ticket or are you fully planning? You're hedging out. You're hedging hard, right? Yes. Okay. So as I would be too. Now, I think the Kings are massive underdogs in whatever that series is. And we're not going to really get a great hedge price here. So I don't know, like the 2400 has to price in the fact that like we are going to pay through the nose to get our small amount of profit out of this after we won those first two series, right? Even, do we think they can even get it to seven? Because I don't. No. Right? <laughs> right. No, like, so so we take the minus one and a half. Yeah, I think that's what you'd have on. to do. You'd have to you'd have to be willing to do that because I, I think that the Kings in the conference finals, it, it, look, Kings in the conference finals. Look, Kings fans, we love you. We're giving you credit here. Okay. Sorry for what I'm about to say. We've seen in a recent conference finals, especially in the West like these five game finals or, or, or the gentleman sweeps down. I think that's what the Kings are, right? That's yep. this, this is what we're doing. It's, it's not the Mavs. It's not the Blazers. That might be the Mavs or Blazers, right? Like it might just be that conference finals. I think that's what we're doing. So I think you're right. If you're willing to take the, the series, the spread, the minus one and a half on Warriors, Suns, whoever it is, I think that's probably the angle, but now you might lose everything. Now, if it does go to seven, and the Kings don't win. Now, now you've washed. And and the hedging, the whole point of hedging is to lock in. So we're we're getting dangerous here. I mean, so look, I, I do you know me. Fear I've that got a enough positions to where I'm covered. Anything. But I, I I wasn't gonna put that on you. You've got enough things to cover it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will say this to the things you just said about both Denver and Sacramento. I think this is fascinating. You're right. Sacramento's been really good on the road. That seems good. You're right. Denver has been really good at home. That seems good. But what about on the road? Well, Denver's going to be at home against all the West teams. They get home advantage. That's what they earn by being that good. Yeah. Their home court matters. Yep. The Kings also earned home court and don't have to play as many road games. So that matters weirdly a little less, actually. And I do wonder, too, I don't have to look into this. The fact that Denver's defense leaps from 29th to 8th and Sacramento has this amazing road record to me, screams, uh-oh, are they just getting, like, shooting lock on the road? Yeah. Like, to, I don't know. Logically, tell me why Sacramento's defense, why could any NBA defense be amazing on the road but suck at home? I don't know. I can't explain that to you. Unless just the shooting number is, is bad. Unless just a ton of teams miss a ton of shots or maybe you lucked into the right matchups. Like, I don't have a logical reason as to why that holds up. And it makes me think, uh-oh, are the Kings actually kind of a 500 team that's had a lot of shooting luck on the road to win all these road games in a year where no one does that, and now they're the three seed? That, to me, feels more a red flag than it does in their favor. Do you have a reason for why the Kings would be a great defense only on the road, though? The pace doesn't change, right? So it's not a matter of they play slower. Um, I think they get a little wrapped up at home with the emotion because they're a younger team. I think that's part of the equation that winds up with that. Uh, I'm looking at this right now on playing the glass. Okay. So this is promising. They have the ninth best opponent 
location field goal percentage on the road. That's actually a little bit, that's actually worse than what they actually allow. They allow the 16th. So like technically their defense should be better on the road than it is. So that's promising. So so in, in normal people words, if I'm understanding this right, that ninth best, ninth best is they're a lot, their shot profile of what they're allowing to opponents is top 10 in the league defensively on the road. Is that correct? That's what yes. that's saying. Yeah. Do you have that for home? Is there, is that yeah, split so is the same? This is fascinating. The Kings have the 13th best location effective field goal percentage at home. Okay. They're 30th in actual. So maybe it's the other way. Variance has hurt them at home. Maybe the defense actually is kind of good, but at home, oh man. Well, then, then the number goes the other way. We've got work to do on the Kings. Maybe the got work to Kings the light the beam. Maybe this is a real thing. Light the beam, baby. We'll see how it goes. That's your three best bets for the final week of the NBA regular season. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate everybody being along for the ride this season. Playoff coverage starts next week. We'll have series previews along with play-in tournament best bets all throughout the week with our cast of characters here on Buckets. We'll also have a special episode over at the Action Network podcast. Download the Action Network app right now. Best way for you to track your picks. You get all the best information on betting every single sport in existence, including baseball. Want to get in on that. Nothing better than betting day baseball. Are my thanks to David Payne, our producer. We'll be back next week with more. Until then, let's get Buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.